<laughs> Thanks, Tash. Um, yeah, just just before we go into to team stuff, I just wanted to touch back on the heist talk earlier, which I thought was great, and it's particularly relevant for deodorant, where it's a super competitive category, and we've got to create a really defined brand and positioning. I, I just think one one note of caution when you're creating a category like like we were at HelloFresh, um, no one had a clue what recipe boxes were so there was there was no point in creating a brand because people didn't know what that brand was um and so i think if anyone is out there creating a category something that people don't understand you have to use very functional direct messaging we tried so many different creatives in our first two years and every single time a picture of the box with some ingredients in and a recipe card would win hands down saying it's a recipe box that delivers ingredients to your door that's great because i'm not a super creative person so it made our uh, optimization a bit simpler it was only further down the line sort of year four or five where we'd actually created a category and we had some annoying competition who were beginning to spend lots on marketing um that we had to start thinking more about definition and where we wanted to sit in the market but education early on was was where we had to prioritize and i think some brands creating categories can get a bit carried away with the branding side of things and not be focused enough on on creating the category itself and creating that demand so yeah um on my background uh, as tash said i was the first kind of marketing hire. i think that was um yeah, quite a nice way to put it i think um i got uh, access to the um, job board that they'd posted their first marketing role on. Um, four people applied for the role, two people dropped out, uh, and, and one person had the worst CV I've, I've ever seen. So uh, they, they literally had no choice but to hire me. And, and that's the great thing if you're, um, if you're applying for roles at startups is the, the odds are really stacked in your favor because they can't afford to market them properly. Um, and so you, you get a really uh, limited pool of grads and you're kind of picking the, um, the best from the bunch. So um i was i was incredibly lucky it was just kind of right time right place and um i uh, kind of went on that journey started by going to events across the uk every week um trying to persuade people to sign up to this recipe box concept thing um that i was sure was going to be really big one day um and um we kind of slowly grew from that so i think our marketing budget in year one was around a hundred thousand pounds in total and then in my last year that was that was 25 million um that i was kind of overseeing so um that was kind of a, a fun journey um i'm now back to the kind of uh well hundred thousand pounds might even be a stretch at wild this this year so back to the small budgets and back to the startup stuff and um it's really interesting to kind of try and remember um you know what that was like and and how you change your strategies and um and kind of differences with that quickly on that one what have you what sort of learnings have you or are you taking from those early days in hello fresh to what you're going to be doing now at wild are there things where you're like we did that and we threw money against a wall and it was a total waste or are there things like yes i know if i put my money in this channel or do this it's definitely going to work and that's where i'm going to put that money so I, I think the education, um, HelloFresh was a rocket internet business who um, might sound like a bad word uh, in, in, in the entrepreneurial space, but 
And one thing I learned from them is in, they're incredibly data driven and they, um, you know, they're, they're very focused on, um, on traction. I think they got to a stage where you had five million pounds in 90 days to prove that your business model worked and that you had traction to um, kind of graduate from Rocket's uh, early stage companies, of which there were a lot, um, and, uh, and kind of make it. So it was really numbers driven. They, they didn't care anything about branding at all. And they, they really wanted to, to see results. So a lot of that came down to the, the kind of growth hacking methodology because no one knew what the category was. There was no one who had any experience in what we're doing and there was a lot of skepticism of recipe boxes could actually even work as a product. So we, we really just tried to, to look at any channels, anything that people had done in the past. Um, we took a lot of inspiration from Love Film and Grace, who'd been, you know, great trailblazers in the subscription space. And we really studied their... Um, their marketing strategies in detail from how they were doing their creative to where they were putting things and then we would try to start to kind of replicate those um one of our most successful marketing channels as some of you might remember um we were not hitting targets uh, one week and someone had failed to send out some flyers so we all went down to the tube station and spent two hours handing out these flyers um, just because we didn't really have anything better to do at the time um, and we came back in the next morning and we were like shit that that conversion rate's actually quite good um and like we we might be able to get an roi on this um and we, we kind of suddenly sort of developed the hypothesis that the london underground was the most concentrated area of highly um you know affluent busy people who needed our product um and two years later i'd handed out eight million uh, flyers. Um, I knew if you went to any station in London at any time of the day, how many flyers per minute you can hand out and what the conversion rate um, would be on that. So sometimes it's the, the unconventional stuff, the things that you just think won't work, uh, kind of do work. And it's the things that our competitors were like, what the hell are these guys doing? Um, but I said to um, all of our cards were plastic at that time. So I was just thinking, Christ, have we done that? Uh, now we would uh, we would have been shut down within within about 24 hours. So uh, I'm uh, yeah I suppose glad that the the plastic revolution um, hadn't taken hold then. So I, th I think it's for me it's about it's a lot about focus. So we're trying to really focus at Wild on a couple of different channels, have those hypotheses and try and prove them wrong or prove them right as quickly as possible. The the other thing is like Facebook and Google is a dangerous drug. Um, you can get you can get hooked on those and that can go really well for you for an extended period of time. But if you don't diversify your channel mix, um, this you know, sooner the better, you're gonna have that painful time where the algorithm goes wrong or CPMs go up or a competitor comes in. So I, I really think try and think unconventionally sometimes and you're in a, in a great position when you're a startup you can do things that don't even need to scale um you're just kind of testing stuff and and those learnings you know whether you see it at the time or, or future will, will help kind of guide you and, and and diversify that um so just to uh fast to, to backtrack a little bit because i'm really keen to get an understanding so there were you know certain things that you were testing, such as going down to the tube and distributing flyers, um, that you saw that they were working really well. I want to talk about the team a little bit and just sort of what that looked like. So you were one person. At what stage did you kind of, you know, get the green light that you could hire somebody else or start to build that team? And then what did that team, how did that team start to take shape? 
Yes, yeah, so I think it took about six months before I had any trust uh, from anyone in the kind of organization to, to kind of start hiring. And um, we, you know, they, they wanted to get their money's worth from me. And I really had to prove that, um, you know, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't feasibly do these hundred things uh, at my to-do list that I, I could really do with some, some kind of help. So I got a budget of nothing uh, to go and try and hire someone who had all these amazing skills, apparently. Um, so, you know, again, the, the way we were structured, we just had to hire young, bright people and hope that they would, they would kind of figure stuff out. Um, my first hire is a guy I'm pretty proud of. He's a crazy Lithuanian guy called Dobas who came in and did some street dancing in his, his interview. Um, and um, for, he he's now running, uh, he's director of marketing for one of our brands, for one of HelloFresh's brands in America, running a, a 50 million pound marketing budget um, kind of annually. And he came as a fresh grad um, six and a half years ago to, to kind of join the team. His first three months, he tried a lot but failed miserably uh, and I was like god this guy A is quite annoying and uh, and and B um, he, he is really like beginning to show me in a bad light that he hasn't really done much um, but he had a lot of like passion and was like really really trying hard um, and I think just you know I had to give him a bit more time and then he started to get it started to figure it out and was able to start applying what, what would now be called growth hacking which which was nowhere near as big a thing in, in our days and, and and start to kind of develop that and so we, we kind of had this this template of, of that's who we wanted to, to kind of hire it was young people maybe a bit of experience um, bring them in, give them a broad remit and and kind of let them feel. And I think you need generalists at that stage because you just don't know what your channel mix is going to look like. Um, I think agencies is a big question. I, I see a lot of startups spending a lot of money on agencies, whether it's Facebook marketing agencies, um, influencer agencies. And I, I would just say be really wary and particularly if you don't have the knowledge in-house, find a way that you can at least try and understand those channels. And yeah, it takes more time and you can't get it flying to begin with. Um, but I think you need to have that knowledge somewhere that you have an understanding and you're able to hold that agency to, to, to account. Um, I also think now, you know, freelancers is booming more than ever. And the, the value for money you can get in that sector and the, the quality, particularly if you have a network and the referrals are going on, is, is really good. So always, you know, I'd always be thinking, I'm always thinking now of, okay, I don't need someone five days a week for this job. Let's just get a freelancer in for two, three days a week, see how it goes. And then we can figure out whether we want to hire someone full time or if the, if the value's there. Um, the biggest mistake we made is we were just I was really bad at interviewing. Um, it was kind of potluck who I managed to hire in the, the first couple of years. I made so many mistakes. I'm still not a great interviewer. I'm trying really hard, but it, it's the one thing that you um, that everyone underestimates. No one puts enough time and energy into, and everyone just has like predefined ideas of um, of what they want. So really try and think from a very early stage what your interview process looked like who that core group of people and, and i think for me it's about a real sense of passion that they they, they want to work hard for you and they've, they've kind of um they want to give everything and that and that they're kind of willing to learn those those are the most important things when you're you're a startup 
So then kind of three years in, you go through this funny stage where you suddenly raise, I think HelloFresh must have raised 100 million plus, and your investors are going, what the hell are all these 25-year-olds doing managing um, like million pound monthly budgets? Like that's surely not a good idea. Let's bring in some people who actually know what they're doing. Um, and that's a, like also a really difficult kind of stage to, to sort of go through. And I think, you know, try and give everyone in your organization the chance to step up give them the responsibility, even if you feel a bit nervous about it. And you'll be surprised that the good guys, um, how far they can go. And also just be aware that a lot of people who have loads of experience and have got great CVs and, you know, particularly in slightly more corporate jobs, um, they may not necessarily have the answers. And one of the problems we found is they would come and apply what they'd learned in their previous career and just assume that that would work at, at HelloFresh rather than staying close to the customer and figuring out the channel mix and, and really understanding how we worked as a business. Um, so I think you, you really want that cohort of people who grow up staying close to the customer, stay, understanding your business internally and, and trying to keep them happy and thinking thinking ahead. One of the mistakes I made is I was just like, they're young, they're really lucky to be working for us. Like we even get like free coffee and uh, breakfast now. Like it wasn't like that in my day when I had to like go and find a desk to work on. Um, so, and, and unfortunately that didn't really work as a retention policy. Um, and I would end up with loads of kind of bright people just leaving. And, and that was that was quite brutal to come to terms with because I'm like a really emotional leader. I love connecting with people. I love kind of developing them. But I didn't, I was never thinking like, where is this person going to be in six to 12 months time? And how do I give them enough breadth in their role? Or how do I think about what they're, what they're doing? And when I, you know, when, when I started learning that lesson, actually, someone that Tash met the other day was a guy on my team who um, was really, really talented, great person for the business, but I could just see the marketing side of his journey was kind of running out and we really didn't want to lose him and I kind of said look I, I just don't know where he's going to be in six months 12 months time and we moved him actually into the kind of HR department because he was so good with people and he um, he's just taken a role to go and run HR in our in our Canada team so I think just be, be open about people's skill sets and, and try and be open about thinking, you know, good people who love your company and are passionate and have made good friends and, and are the kind of bedrock of your culture. Like, look after those people, do whatever you can and, and, and really try and think about their development and don't be obsessed about bringing in people on big salaries who are going to change the world because it, 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 it often doesn't work out like that. Amazing. Thank you very much. And what was the size of the marketing team at, at HelloFresh when you left? So we, we had a bit of a local global kind of matrix, but in my team I had about 20 uh, in the UK, and that was sit across brand, sales, performance marketing, and kind of CRM. Um, so those were really the core pillars that we uh, that we kind of understood. Um, and I, th I think another challenge you get is that people saw someone like me who was the first hire and then got to manage people and grow really quickly. And they're like, why can't I be like him? Why, why do I have to wait to go longer to go on his journey? And it, the, the fact is, it's just unfair. I mean, I got lucky that I was the first person got to go on that journey and got the chance to step up. And um, there's this really difficult moment where 
everyone wants to be a manager and they want to hire people beneath them and they're, they're kind of telling you and you've, you've got to be really really disciplined about headcount and I think we we got carried away a lot of the time of just hiring too many people and doing it too quickly and I think just really really you, you rarely need as many people as you think you do and, and you've really you, you know Ideally, you try and get more from the team you've got and really look at your resources before before hiring. Um, and if you hire like loads of people at the same time at a difficult time in the company, that, that can spread disaster kind of pretty pretty quickly. Thank you very much.